Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you're blessed by this podcast, please subscribe. Once you do, you'll be able to stay up to date with all our latest messages. In this week's message with Tom Hughes, we finish our time in Daniel 7. We look at the fourth beast and the ten horns who give power to the eleventh horn, the Antichrist. What does the Bible say about the fourth beast of Daniel's vision? Let's find out. Hey, y'all ready? Exciting things, as Pastor Harry mentioned, David Tal and Don Stewart, two weeks from tonight. I am really excited about that. Uh, if you've been to Israel with us, you know David Tal. This is over the top. So uh, when we were there in, I think it was in June, he said he wanted to come out. Then in October, we talked about it some more. And I said, I tell you what, um, uh, and we started talking. He said, how about uh, both you and Don Stewart? And he said, I would love to do that. So I, don't, I have not figured out in my mind yet how we're going to do a prophecy conference on Sunday night with both of them. But we're going to get there because I'm so excited about it. It's going to work out. Uh, so two weeks from tonight, make sure you tell your friends. Um, we'll start promoting it on uh, social media probably as early as tomorrow. But it is just going to be absolutely terrific. And uh, David Tal is, is, uh, has that inside scoop and um, uh, just such a great friend, too. Uh, so it's just a real treat, and Don, too. Um, but then uh, El Centro's coming up. You'll hear more about that in the next few weeks. Uh, but with that right now, y'all ready? Okay, let's get going. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity tonight. May you be blessed and glorified, and I pray for your ministering to everyone here. Help me to not be too scary. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know people say I'm too scary on Sunday night, so... Well, there's the title. The title I had was scarier, so I calmed it down. You better be ready. Um, th- that's what you say when you, know, you get your kids and they're not quite ready. I'm coming home. You better be ready, right? That's what I say to my wife sometimes when we're going somewhere. You better be ready. Then I get in trouble. Uh, so here we are. We're going to be here in Daniel chapter 7. Uh, we're, in fact, we're going to conclude Daniel chapter 7 in just a few minutes. And uh, so there's virus outbreak. Have you heard about it? Over in China, it's, uh, it's, I believe it's a big deal. Maybe it's just scare tactics. A virus is mutating. New cases rise sharply. As virus spreads, anxiety rises in China and overseas. Hazmat suits deployed on planes as security tightens over China. A virus outbreak. There was somebody coming into the United States, I think it was yesterday or this morning. I think it was the Southwest Airlines uh, from China. They were sick. They got them off the plane. In fear of this, I read just before I came out here now that there's been three or five people in the U.S. that have now been found to have this virus. So this is a, a scary thing for a lot of people. Um, <clears throat> this virus leaves 56 million people on lockdown in 14 cities as surgeon who treated sick becomes 41st confirmed death. Uh, they are building a hospital now. How many of you heard about the hospital in China? They're building it right now. Uh, they're attempting to get a hospital built, I think, in one week. This is in, I would not want to be in that hospital in an earthquake. And, and I, but I'm looking at this is a huge scare that's in China. But if you've paid attention to um, just science reports over the years, they said, look, we've had the Spanish flu. There's been um, these different pestilence outbreaks throughout the history of the world. And right now... Uh, There's more concerns, there have been more concerns about a pestilence outbreak uh, right now than there ever has before. And from the World Health Organization, they will tell you the problem is now we have travel, we have borders that aren't controlled, uh, people uh, people are literally going all over the world. um, And so uh, you have that, you have an outbreak that happens somewhere, they're, they're discovering there's more and more different types of viruses and these different pestilences that are just out there. And they keep discovering new ones. And what's going to contain these things? Here's what the Bible says. Jesus himself said, in the last days, there will be pestilence. It's going to increase like pregnancy, uh, signs upon a woman who's about ready to give birth. And uh, I've read reports here before that we uh, uh, have now entered into this time when Doctors and scientists alike are more concerned about this uh, th- than, than ever. And you, but you enter into it in the time we are now, we're in 2020. And reports have been, for years, been very concerned. You hit 2020, 
2025, they say, we don't know what's going to happen, but it doesn't look good. So I'm trying not to scare everybody, but at the same time, just telling you what reality is. Okay? Again, a sign of Jesus coming is outbreak of pestilence. Uh, then there's this Pope Francis calls for Marxist economic summit. Um, the kingdom of the Antichrist that's coming, which we'll get into in a few minutes, is going to be socialism. And so when I hear all these talks in our government about socialism, um, I'm thinking we, we're, um, the American public is just being primed for that kingdom that's coming. And you have the Pope who wants to do this and these things, and not looking good. Uh, Trump is to decide on the deal of the century release date in coming days. So this is expected to come up anytime. The deal of the century is the peace plan in Jerusalem. So what is that about? Daniel chapter 9, which we will not be in tonight, talks about that peace plan that the Antichrist institutes. Uh, he brings, he confirms it. He's going to make it work between Israel and the many. Between um, uh, Isaiah chapter 28 lets us know it's the leaders of Jerusalem. They make a covenant ultimately with uh, the devil. Um, so there is a peace plan that's coming and it's going to divide the city of Jerusalem. Uh, uh, Jerusalem is officially, unofficially divided right now. I mean, the UN says it's official. It's not. Uh, you hear a lot of the talks about occupation territory and uh, you know the occupied territory and you get the West Bank and those things. But there's a peace plan that will be confirmed that appears to make it a confirmed deal to have uh, I believe the West Bank and uh, Jerusalem being cut uh, right down the middle. Um, if you've been to Israel and you walk through the Jewish quarter, how many of you have been to Jerusalem, Jewish quarter area? So imagine the Jewish quarter not belonging to the Jews. So a lot of the peace plans that are out there are to divide that part of Jerusalem, which is crazy to me. The Western Wall, UNESCO wants to uh, give the Western Wall over to uh, the, the Palestinians, really Hamas, if you want to know the truth. Um, so you look at this, you think, this is nuts. What will Trump's peace plan have? I don't know if it's going to divide Jerusalem like that at all. Uh, I really don't. But, well, listen, uh, Trump is a deal maker, and uh, he's looking at, this is the thing I've got to get done. Um, I do, I, and I will say this, I do not believe Trump is the Antichrist because there's certain characteristics about Trump that just don't fit. I mean, the Antichrist is going to be very likable, come out of Rome in just a minute. There's just certain things. He's going to come across very schmoozy. Trump is just bold. Have you read his Twitter statements? Those are not the kind of things that, that I imagine. Uh, he's going to also speak against God, and Trump seems to speak a lot of pro things regarding God out of his lips. But this is interesting. This says, in fact, let me pull up this article. This is from uh, Now the End Begins, Chrislam Covenant. Is Trump preparing to combine his deal of the century Middle East peace plan with Pope Francis Abrahamic Faith Initiative? Vice President, in fact, some people on, uh, here from last Sunday night had commented that uh, Pence was going to meet with the Pope about this. And that's what this article is about. Vice President Pence arrived at the Vatican for what was billed as a meet-and-greet, then stunned everyone by turning into a high-level, closed-door meeting on something so sensitive that neither party was willing to discuss it. And within mere hours of that bombshell, President Trump announced he was finally ready to reveal his deal-of-the-century Middle East peace plan and asked Benjamin Netanyahu to fly to Washington this coming Tuesday, so just a day after tomorrow, for a meeting on that very subject. And this writer asked, do you see where all this is heading? Trump has a relationship with Israel. Pope Francis has a relationship with the Muslims. Put the two together and peace in the Middle East. Now, so you look at that, and these things are on all these different websites, different prophecy websites and the like. Um, I don't know how all this is going to go. Uh, I, I can tell from the Bible, eventually there will be a peace plan. 
the world is driving this way. It was Obama and John Kerry before and Bush and Condoleezza Rice and Clinton and Bush. And it's just always been this way, right? And, uh, but again, the world's attention in the last days will be on Jerusalem and bringing peace there. Uh, Joel Rosenberg. Uh, senior Saudi Muslim leader set for groundbreaking visit to Auschwitz on Thursday. Um, this is just the other day, I believe. Historic moment in faith diplomacy. Honored to be quoted in a must-read Times of Israel article. It was really interesting. I read about this. And um, to have a Saudi, whoops, to have a Saudi leader go to Auschwitz in remembrance of the Jews that were slaughtered is really, it's, it's, startling in my mind in a good way uh, i do know this and we've talked about this before um, right now when you look at western media you know so much of the western media either it's it's uh, all against everybody in the islamic world or for everybody in the islamic world against israel or for israel it's like there never seems to be a middle ground um, understand this as a christian I can read my Bible, Isaiah chapter 17, among other passages, Daniel chapter 11, when we get there, where people in the Mideast are turning to the Lord God of heaven, Yeshua, Yahweh, during the last days. Um, they're going to get along with Israel. That day is coming. I know it because I know what my Bible says. Uh, you've heard it here many times that in Iran, more people are coming to faith in Christ right now than anywhere else in the world, uh, per capita. There might be more in China just because of the volumes of people in China, but per capita uh, in Iran and in Egypt, Egypt, the Bible says it's going to happen. In Assyria, which would be greater than just Syria or Iraq, it would be the greater region. The Bible tells us they're going to be turning to the Lord. And um, you look at this and you see these things, uh, there's a... There, there's a warming up to the Jews in Israel in that region uh, that has never existed before. Going all the way back to the days of, of uh, Ishmael and, and Isaac, and then all the way back to the days of uh, <laughs> Jacob and Esau, and you start looking at it. Hey, you know, if I snap my fingers enough, that's... You know, so now you know what's going on. It's like my brain's not working right. Uh, so you watch this, and I think, interesting times. Um, but, but at the same time, other people will look at this who teach on Bible prophecy, and they'll say, uh-oh, look out. This guy's just suckering in the Jews. He's going to be the Antichrist. Uh, one thing I'm not going to do is name the Antichrist. Um, you know, if, you, if you know me, I, 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 I think I used to, like about years ago. And I was always wrong, because they all died, and it didn't work out. Frank, Frank Eichler told me that one time. He goes, yeah, I used to do that stuff till they all died. I did it too, and so Frank said, don't ever do that. It's a really bad idea. And Jesus tells us to be looking for Jesus Christ. But when you look at pictures or ideas of the Antichrist and the New World Order in the Bible, we can help put the timeline together that Jesus must be coming soon. And that's really what we're doing when we look at Bible prophecy. It's not so we can know who the Antichrist is, but we can put the things together and go, oh, wow, Jesus is coming. Make sense? Okay. Uh, Trump to become first president in history to speak at March for Life. This happened just the other day. I do not foresee the Antichrist doing that. I'm just saying, right? You look at that, this to me is, is really remarkable. Uh, when I look at it, I just think... Um, the, the preciousness of life and people are created in the image of God and I think that abortion is an attack against God and uh, I, I look at this you know you've heard me about this before the, the baby sacrifices in ancient Israel and ancient Judah are so easy to equate what's happening in America with abortion but to have a leader who's doing this and sticking up for Israel and these different things I'm, I'm very very thankful for uh, and then there's this, Nebraska governor declares day of prayer to end abortion. You look, you go, so there's some good news. It's not all bad news, is it? I also find this interesting, too. Um, we're all from California, at least right now, right? You're here. Do we have any visitors not from California tonight? Well, you still drive from Arizona. That's close enough. 
So uh, um, we don't have anybody like from Alaska or Europe tonight, right? Okay, so <clears throat> California has put a, uh, a ban on people going to certain other states to do business if they're state employees, right? Um, I can't remember what all of the states are, but one of the states was Oklahoma. So I believe it's the governor of Oklahoma or the secretary of state or, who, or somebody who put a ban on Oklahomans going to California to do business. And, and the whole thing is over, um, uh, it's either right to life or gay marriage or something like that. Uh, and you're looking, going, wait a minute, if you're going to ban us, we'll, we'll ban you guys. I mean, and you look at this mess that we, that we are in, and uh, fortunately the Bible helps us to sort all of these things out. And so here we are, we're in Daniel chapter 7, and, and the events of today are going to fit remarkably well. There's some more things I'll bring up in just a few more minutes. But I look at this and they fit remarkably well. Remember, if you've been with us lately on Sunday nights, J.M. Markell last week, but before that, Daniel chapter 7, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, we'll conclude it. But in Daniel chapter 7, Daniel had a dream. He saw these wild beasts, and uh, the beasts that he saw in his dream, he found out from the angel, represented Babylon, uh, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Greek Empire, and the Roman Empire. And then Daniel became especially interested in that fourth beast. It was the Roman Empire, and then uh, the ten horns that followed that beast. Remember that? So that was uh, the ten horns we know are a revived Roman Empire uh, that knew the, uh, the new world order uh, that is coming. Uh, in Daniel chapter 7, from last time, I just want to refresh everybody. Daniel, after, uh, let's see, he says, uh, Daniel chapter 7, verse 19, I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was the Roman Empire, okay? The Roman Empire doesn't exist anymore. Uh, the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful with its teeth of iron, its nails of bronze, which devoured and broken pieces and trampled the residue with its feet. So the Roman Empire was vicious. I, I really want to know about that. And, verse 20, and the ten horns which were on its, on its head, and the other horn which came up before which three fell. Uh, namely, the horn had eyes and a mouth speaking uh, pompous words whose appearance was greater than his fellows. We looked at all of that last week in some detail. So Daniel was especially interested in the Roman Empire, the revived Roman Empire, and then the Antichrist that's coming. Tell me a little bit more about that. Then, verse 21, I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them until the Ancient of Days, that would be Jesus came, uh, that, that would be uh, the Lord, until the Ancient of Days and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time, of, and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Uh, so you look at this, Ancient of Days, by the way, is God the Father, in Daniel chapter 7, Son of Man is the Lord Jesus Christ. So you have God, uh, you have this, these, uh, the Antichrist is going to come along, he's going to make war against the saints, he's going to prevail against them, he's going to persecute them, he's going to slaughter them. And then Jesus is going to come back, and he's going to destroy that, the kingdom of the Antichrist, set up his kingdom on this planet. Revelation chapter 11 confirms uh, what we just read in Daniel chapter 7, uh, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit, that be the Antichrist, will make war against them, believers during the tribulation, and overcome them, and will kill them. So you guys tracking so far? It won't get, I promise, it won't get a lot more complicated over the next few minutes. I'll do my best to not make it too complicated. So here's what happens. There's a, I believe the timeline happens. Rapture of the church is the next thing that's going to take place. After the rapture of the church, uh, the kingdom of the Antichrist is going to come along Dur during the seven-year tribulation period. During the tribulation period, people who are not yet believers in Christ are going to go into the tribulation period. They are going to be saved during the tribulation period. Those are the people right here that the Antichrist, Revelation chapter 11 and Daniel chapter 7, says that he makes war against them. People who become believers during the tribulation period and he will persecute them and he will overcome them. However, 
Jesus is going to return, and he's going to throw the false prophet and the Antichrist into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever and ever. Okay, verse, you still tracking? Just making sure people say I scare them and I lose them with prophecy stuff. You ready? Verse 23, thus he said, the fourth beast, the angel interpreting his dream for Daniel, the fourth beast, again, that's the Roman Empire, shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all the other kingdoms. He's talking specifically the kingdoms of his dream, Babylon, Medo-Persian, Greece, and Rome, right? So the fourth one will be different from the other kingdoms. It will devour the whole earth and trample it and break it into pieces. And the ten horns are ten kings that shall arise from this kingdom, and another shall arise after them, he shall be different from the first ones and shall subdue three kings. Okay, stop here for a minute. So we have the original Roman Empire. Remember the old Coca-Cola commercials? There was the original and then the new Coke. Remember that? They tried it. I, I think the original, most people seemed to like it better, didn't they? You've got to be kind of old to remember that one, right? Um, but but uh, that's kind of how this works. You have the original, and then when another product of the same line comes out, it's always new and improved. At least that's the way they sell it. Usually it's not, is it? Uh, people like the original stuff. It's like the, the first movie comes out and people like it, so they make a sequel and they say it's even better and everybody goes, that's a dud, right? So you have the, the original empire, verse 23, is the original Roman empire, but the ten kings that are coming, uh, they are the new, so-called new and improved the revived Roman Empire. Think of this. The original Roman Empire lasted for centuries. Right? I want to show you how not new and improved the coming kingdom of Antichrist is. So the original Roman Empire lasted for centuries. The coming revived Roman Empire, a.k.a. New World Order, um, it's only going to last for a maximum of seven years. That's like the shortest lasting kingdom in the history of the world. In only three and a half years of it does the Antichrist actually have the power of that thing. So it's going to come out with all of the glitter. It's going to come out with all of the technology. It's going to come out with all of the control. It's going to be very short-lived. Um, so it's going to have a severe weakness. Um, so we are told in this interpretation that are in this passage that the ten horns uh, there are ten kings we looked at the ten kings uh, we get an idea of what they were last time so i'm not going to go into any uh, really much detail on that but with this uh, kingdom uh, this kingdom we're also told it arises out of the original kingdom so covered that but where else do we see this because if you can't um, validate something that you have in the Bible, in one passage by another passage in the Bible, you, you have a hard time saying this means that, right? Uh, at that point, it, it's going to become your opinion, what you want it to mean, or something like that. Can you substantiate what we read in Daniel chapter 7? There's ten horns, there's ten kings, there's ten kings that are coming, there's a revived Roman Empire. Can we substantiate this anywhere else? Yes, we can. Uh, Revelation chapter 17. Okay, did I lose you yet? How many of you did I lose? Well, this will be online tomorrow. So, <laughs> okay, ready? Okay. Re if I didn't lose you yet, you're probably going to get lost right now. Because in Revelation chapter 17, it is probably the most complicated passage in the entire Bible. All right? So I'm going to do my best to simplify it because this helps us to understand what Daniel 7 is about. Daniel 7 helps us to understand this. So you ready? Okay, Revelation chapter 17. Let's begin at verse 7 I have up there. Um, the angel says to me, this is John writing. In Daniel, it was Daniel, the angel speaking to Daniel, right? In Revelation, it's John, the angel speaking to John. John had visions, Daniel had visions, all right? So Daniel's going, I've got this... Uh, uh, or John is saying in Revelation, I have this vision, I don't know what it means, fill me in. So the angel says to me, why do you marvel? You can put John's name in there. 
I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has seven heads and ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is. What on earth is going on? Did I tell you you, you get lost? I didn't tell you that? Wow, I thought I told you that. Okay, well I'm going to do my best to make sure you get lost. Verse 9, here's the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. Stop here. So people have said, Bible teachers have said for years, uh, it, uh, Rome is the city on seven hills. Hence, that's talking about Rome. It could be talking about Rome. But keep in mind, here in Hemet, California, we have seven hills right down the street, right? And some people would say the Antichrist lives right over there. <laughs> so, uh, Turkey. Also, I believe Istanbul is known as the city of seven hills. Some people have said that. I personally believe it is referring to Rome as far as uh, any particular city goes. However, then you have this here. It says, um, it also says on which the woman sits. So some people will say this is the, uh, the, the head of the papal see right there in Rome. Um, has anybody here been to Rome? One person? Two, three, four. So Rome uh, is, is pretty, to me, a pretty spectacular place. The food is outstanding. Yeah, but, but the city is just off the charts. I mean, you see the Colosseum, you see the Forum, you see so many different things. And then you go to the Vatican, and you see the Vatican, you're like, it, it, it is very impressive as far as man's, uh, the view of man goes. It is, it is something else to see. And when you go over to Rome, and you, and you know the Bible, you start looking at things, you go, wow, this is interesting. And then you have someone like the Pope saying things he's saying. And if you know me, I'm not an anti-Catholic person. Um, I was raised Catholic, but I, uh, a lot of the Catholic people I know don't exactly appreciate some of the things that this Pope says. Um, and, and I look at some of these things and I go, man, I, I was an altar boy. You know, I mean, how much more Catholic can I get? You know, I went to Catholic school. Um, I have an aunt that's a nun. I mean, that's, let's just go. I have a lineage of priests in my, in my, in fact, I went to a family gathering three years ago. I'm talking with one of my cousins who does all the genealogies, right? He's just, he's gone back like several hundred years. And on my dad's side, there's all these Catholic priests. And I said, well, how did we end up getting born if they're all priests? You know, they were married. And he said, well, there's a lot of different family members, right? And then he said, but it was just, it was just generation after generation after generation kept on producing Catholic priests. And he looks at me, and then you came along and messed up the whole thing. And then I said, <laughs> but it was just interesting. But, but the reality, I'm just facing facts. You know, I, I look at what my Bible says. I look at things, I, I look at the history of the church. Both the Protestant church and the Catholic church, and, and there's not a lot of pretty stuff in there if you dig deep enough. Before the Catholic church of today even came about, did you know there's anti-Semitism all the way back in the first century when the church itself first began with the Gentiles? You look at that and you go, there's a lot of ugly stuff that has happened. Anyways, I'm way off. What was I talking about? Rome, on which the, the woman sits. So the woman being the harlot, the prostitute, many people will say that is the papacy, all right? Uh, there are also seven kings. Here, now get this. This is a key to understanding. There are also seven kings. Five have fallen. One is. The other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth and is of the seven and is going to perdition. What? Okay. There's five kings that were. There's one that is. The seventh has not yet come, and there's another eighth that's part of the seven, but he's not, he's all of his own. Okay, so how's this work out? <laughs> and what does this have to do with Daniel? <clears throat> A lot. So 
Revelation listed, it said five kings have been. This is John, okay, so John is writing the book of Revelation about 90 A.D., right around there, 90, 95 A.D. So he's looking back, there's five kingdoms, five great empires before John's day. Egypt, Assyria, and then the ones that Daniel saw in his dream, right? Babylon, Greece, Persia. Five have been. And then John writes, again, 90, 95 A.D., and one is. That'd be the Roman Empire, the same one that Daniel was writing about and saying he sees this vicious monster. Uh, Daniel is looking into the future. John is writing the book of Revelation saying there's one that is in power right now. And then he says, um, five have fallen, one is, that'd be the, one is, is the Roman Empire, verse 10, and the other has not yet come, and when he comes, he must continue a short time. Who is that? That is the revived Roman Empire. In John's day, it had not yet come. In our day, it has not yet come. John writes in Revelation, if this king, this kingdom, will continue a piquito, short time, very small time, tiny, not long at all. The revived Roman Empire, the new world order, this global system that we keep hearing about, it's going to be powerful, but it's going to have some weaknesses, and it will not last very long. Okay, got that? Verse 11, the beast that was <clears throat> and is not <clears throat> is also, is himself also the eighth, right? So the seventh, here's the revived Roman Empire still coming. The eighth is the beast that was and is not, and he is of the seven and is going to perdition. The eighth is the beast. The beast is out of the seven. The eighth is an empire to himself. The eighth in Revelation chapter 17 is the Antichrist. The whole kingdom is going to have very short duration. Seven years for the entire length of the kingdom. Only three and a half years as far as the Antichrist when he is in charge. Now check this out. And then he's going to go to perdition. Do you remember what happens at the end of the story? Jesus returns, goes to Armageddon. We are with him. He, with the sword out of his mouth, he's, he ruins the armies of the Antichrist, and he casts the Antichrist and false prophet into perdition, into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. So that's what that is. Does that make sense? I didn't lose you guys? Okay. Let me try a little bit harder. Verse 12. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings. Remember what Daniel said? Tell me about the ten horns. And then the eleventh horn that's coming. That would be the eighth beast, the eighth king here in Revelation 17. But tell the ten horns which you saw, verse 12, are ten kings who have received no authority as of yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind and they will give their power and authority to the beast, right? So, Revelation fills in details that Daniel didn't. The ten horns, ten kings are coming. It's a revived Roman Empire. It's a new world order. These ten kings are going to be getting along. They're all going to be globalists. They're all going to be going the same direction. You turn on your news. I, I don't care what you watch. You're going to hear this globalist agenda all day long, all night long, whether you're on the internet or you're on CNN or even, I'm going to break some of your hearts, even Fox News. This thing is going global. There's a new world order coming. You cannot stop it. God says it's going to happen. There's going to be 10 kings, or I would call them 10 puppet masters, 10 uh, uh, elite men at the top that are pulling the strings. They're marching together and they are agreeing and then this charismatic antichrist comes along and they say he's the one because they know they need someone to lead the whole thing he is our point man and they're going to give him that power and authority 
And he's going to have that power and authority for the second half of the tribulation period. That's when uh, it's required that everybody receive the mark of the beast. So the whole implementation of the data system and the ID tracking, that already has to be in place by then. So you see how it all works now? Okay, but the good news, these will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them, for He is the Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with Him are called chosen and faithful, and amen. That's good news. Okay, now, that took up most of the time. And as usual on Sunday night, I'm running out of time. So, you, I've showed you this map before. Jan Markell showed a similar one last week. The world divided up into ten regions. Uh, I, I just want to get into a few more things, and then, then I am going to wrap this up. Um, the, the world is going this direction. To, to divide the world into ten different regions. Some say there will be ten leaders out of Europe, uh, the revived Roman Empire. Um, I, I tend to agree with J. Vernon McGee and Arnold Fruchtenbaum that uh, the kingdom that's coming, this Antichrist kingdom, the New World Order, the global system, it'll be run out of Europe. Um, but, we, but this has been going on for a long time. All the way back to the Tower of Babel. Jan Markell mentioned that last week, so I'm not going to get into that too. But it's been going on for a long time. You have the Illuminati, you've got the Bilderbergs, you've got the Club of Rome, the Trilateral Commission, you have the Federal Reserve, and I will say this. Uh, it, it, in uh, my book I wrote four years ago, uh, America in the New World Order, I talked about those things and the shadow government. Since then, and people say there's no shadow government. Really? <laughs> Since then, this whole deep state thing has come about. This is what I, I look at what's going on in the news right now with this impeachment stuff. This to me is just a bunch of garbage. Uh, like Trump or hate him, I can look and go, wait a minute, he's got Alan Dershowitz on his team who voted for Clinton, who was Clinton's supporter, but recognizing something smells really rotten in all of this. Um, I, I'm convinced that Donald Trump upsets, uh, President Donald Trump upsets this new world order, the globalist system, and this is what's happening. Uh, and, and the Bible tells us this is the direction that this whole thing is going to go. I look at some of the absurd things that are happening right now. And I can't help but think, how could these things be happening? How could people believe these things unless there's a strong delusion so that the people would believe the lie? And, uh, and wait, the Bible says that in the last day, 2 Thessalonians. God, because they did not receive the love of the truth, God says, I'll send them strong delusion and they will believe the lie. You know, look at some of the absurd things that people believe, and to me, it's just absolutely nuts. Uh, but I want to get through this. Um, then we have the kingdom. Uh, in fact, this is the last one, the coming king of the next uh, kingdom. Back in Daniel chapter 7, coincides with Revelation chapter 17. Um, in Revelation chapter 17, it didn't say this, there are ten kings. Uh, Daniel tells us out of the ten kings, the eleventh horn, the little horn, is going to uproot three of them. Why is the Antichrist going to remove three of the leaders of that ten globalist system? Uh, I don't know. But I could, all I can do is guess at this point what the reason is. I believe there are people that are involved in moving the global system forward, the New World Order, who truly believe they are doing good things. I believe there's probably some very sinister people. Top George Soros said he visions himself as a god, and, and he is evil, and he admits it. I mean, he turned in fellow Jews to the Nazis, and he being a Jewish during the days of Hitler. But within the, this whole thing, a lot of people look at this. They believe the climate laws are about the climate and the environment. When there's people at the top, no, that's a bunch of hogwash. These are just lies. That, that, that they're feeding uh, to the masses of people who believe them, and uh, they're controlling the people through these climate laws. Um, but you, they're looking at utopia. We need a utopian world. So I believe there's a lot of people who have good intentions that are part of this. And it could very well be that the reason why the Antichrist uproots three of these other leaders who helped establish this global system is because they start scratching their heads going, wait a minute, we thought it was going to be utopia and you were actually a madman out to kill everybody and we're not on board with you, so he eliminates them. 
Now that is speculation. I don't know the reason why, but for some reason, according to Daniel chapter 7, the Antichrist has a problem with them. Um, this uh, king, this Antichrist is coming, he's going to uproot three of these kings. He shall be a persecutor. He's not going to be a nice person at all. Uh, persecute comes from this Aramaic word, Bela, or Bela means to wear out. And it means to, David Guzik says, to harass continually so that life becomes a wretched existence. A Gleason Archer notes uh, that such continual and protracted pressure for, uh, far more effectively breaks the human spirit than the single moment of crises. So you can imagine the harassment, no job. You can't get anything without receiving the mark of the beast. No job, no food on your table. Your kids are going to be taken from you by rule of the government and on down the list. Uh, you start putting things together and you start going, man, this is the direction everything is going. We have crazy stuff. Uh, there's this I, I quoted to you just recently um, that uh, it was uh, Bill Gates. And he may be one of those utopia guys that's really nice. He thinks he's doing wonderful things. I don't know. But he became the founding partner in a company called ID 2020 Alliance. Were you here when I talked about that? ID, Identification 2020 Alliance. The company's goal is to use mandatory vaccinations and implantable microchips to give everyone on earth a digital ID. So a vaccination with your ID. So, I mean, you look at this and you go, okay, we want, you, you look at the whole vaccination thing, there's anti-vaccination communities now, and vaccination things, and thinking, get everybody ID chipped that way. Um, uh, and I believe some people with the, the ID system are thinking this is going to be good. The Antichrist is going to use it for really bad stuff. But I look at this China outbreak with this, this virus, and thinking you have a massive outbreak. Let's say this thing just gets outrageous like the Spanish flu did, right? You know how many people are going to say this vaccination with an ID is really good? Do you understand that? A lot of people are going to say it. So it, it but you can see how everything is going, uh, the, it's going this direction towards this globalist agenda, this new world order that the Bible speaks of. So I just take the facts that we're reading, and I see the facts in the Bible, and I say, hey, this is a quinky dink. These things seem to be matching in the days that we live. And then there's this from Zero Hedge. 70th anniversary of Orwell's death sees newspeak censorship soaring. It is a dangerous practice. Government, corporations, universities, news outlets, and experts curating our information so that we cannot access, see, or believe that which they determine we should not access, see, or believe. If anyone had suggested to Orwell, Orwell, if you don't know, he's the writer of 1984, uh, warned of uh, Big Brother, you know. Uh, if anyone had suggested to Orwell or the American founders that, the, uh, that we would invite this sort of manipulation and control of our information, they wouldn't have believed it. But we do invite these things, given, uh, given everything that was happening, including an ID2020 alliance, you have a virus outbreak that becomes a really bad thing, pestilence. How could you not be a lot? In fact, if you aren't with this utopian new world order, you are the problem. You must be eliminated. Hence, the Antichrist is going to make war against the saints, and he's going to eliminate them. Wow. Can you imagine what's going to happen after the rapture of the church? It's going to be bad. I did say I have to hurry, didn't I? Okay, so I'm going to. Um, he, the Antichrist will also be an instrument of change. Look at this. I didn't read verse 25 yet, did I? Let, let me read through then so I, so I can get this wrapped up. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High. Uh, the Antichrist speak pompous words against God, shall persecute the same for the Most High, shall intend to change times and law, then the saints will be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. Uh, and half a time. That'd be three and a half years, okay? Uh, the saints, those who come to faith in the Lord, during the tribulation period, Antichrist will be able to uh, crush them. But the court shall be seated, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it forever. And then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High, 
The Lord's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Um, so I find this fascinating, verse 25, the Antichrist shall intend to change the times and the laws. So what is that about? I used to think it had to do with our dating system. We're in 2020, the year of our Lord, if you're old school, right? Now you don't even say before Christ, you say BCE, before common era. And I used to think that's what it was. No, that's not what it is. There's something the Antichrist is going to do when he comes into power that is troublesome. I believe it has to do with the Jews and the Jewish people. What kind of laws is he going to attempt to change? Uh, Jeremiah tells us this. Then this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. If you can break my covenant with the day and night so that one does not follow the other, only then will my covenant with my servant David be broken. In other words, the covenant with the sun and the moon. So God has ordained the stars, the sun, the moon, everything, right? All of creation. If you can break how the sun and the moon work together, the laws of physics, basically, or the laws of science in that regard, then my covenant with David will not stand. This is covenant with the Jewish people, all right? Okay, now, this goes on and says, have you noticed what people are saying? The Lord chose Judah and Israel and abandoned them. How often we hear even in churches about replacement theology. God is done with Israel. So this was written by Jeremiah um, back along the time of the Babylonian captivity. God knew that people in the last days would be dealing this with, with this, and people would be saying, God has abandoned Israel. He's done with Israel, right? Uh, they are sneering and saying that Israel is not worthy to be counted as a nation. Do we not hear that in the news every day? Okay, now, remember what this says again. If you can break my covenant with day and night, with the sun and the moon and ordination of how time and all that works, right? then uh, my covenant with David won't stand. Uh, God's, pe people are saying God's done with Israel, is he? But this is what the Lord says, Jeremiah continues, I would no more reject my people than I would change my laws that govern night and day, earth and sky. I will never abandon the descendants of Jacob or David, my servant, or change the plan that David's descendants will rule the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Instead, I will restore them to their land, and I will have mercy on them. So this is fascinating to me, because God says, if you can change my law, my covenant that I made with how this whole sun and moon thing operates, how we turn, how the planet turns, then the Jews are done. That's essentially what that says. God says it ain't going to happen. Here's what Satan knows. If he can eliminate the Jewish people from the planet, the Lord does not have the Jewish people to return to, yet the Lord says, I will return to my people and I will be worshipped in Jerusalem. Satan wants to eliminate the Jews, hence we have anti-Semitism. But I wonder, changing the laws, will it have some kind of scientific thing? He's gonna, we know the Antichrist is going to have these incredible powers with signs and wonders that we've never seen a man have before. Will it be something like that? God was able to get in the time of Jacob, God caused, or, or, or Joshua, excuse me, when the sun stood still. Uh, God did it at the time of Joshua. You look at that and you go, man, you know, what is going on? What will Satan do? Or is it this? Um, other Bibles read this with the times and the law in verse 25. Uh, in fact, it's the NLT that says that he will try to change their sacred festivals and laws. The Jews' sacred festivals and laws. Whatever this is, I am absolutely convinced it has to do with the Jewish people and the nation of Israel and God's relationship to the Jewish people. And whatever it is that God has, there's he's the Satan's going to be able to, uh, the Antichrist is going to attempt to change it, but he's not going to be able to. We do know that the Antichrist will put an end to the sacrifices that the Jews will start doing again at the temple. But the but Santa, uh, uh, Antichrist is going to want to change these 
seasons and these laws. I find it fascinating. But this is the way, um, in fact, some people even say they've read this and get into cloud seeding and all types of things. Um, climate laws, maybe there will be Ten Commandments of climate laws. I don't know. I believe it really has to do with the Jewish people, most likely the feast days and something that God is doing there. But Satan is constantly trying to change God's law and God's word. Um, we have... Um, God said in the beginning, he made the male and female. Man has taken that and said, not so fast. Uh, there's not male and female. There's all these different genders. That is a direct attack on the word of God. Do you know that? Um, man is making man in man's image. Um, not the, it's, it's to take it out of the image of God. All these things that we see happening are uh, from Satan against God's word. But the good news in all of this, Jesus is coming back. Verses 26 and 27, they tell us the court will be seated and uh, the, the dominion of the Antichrist is going to be taken away. Um, and this is good news. I like what David Jeremiah says about this. He writes, I get excited when I study this because I'm on the winning side. I know all about the fight, but I'm confident about the winner. I've cast my lot with the king of kings. Amen. Verse 28. I'm almost done. You guys were ready to go get some ice cream, weren't you? I don't know if there is any. I don't know. I didn't say there wasn't. I want ice cream. Verse 28. This is the end of the account. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly troubled me, and my countenance changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. I want to encourage you. You hear some of these things? You can get greatly troubled and go, man, I can, why do we even come Sunday nights? He does scare me every Sunday night. My intent is not to scare, but to prepare. And we need to be ready. I got a text from one of my friends the other day, and he asked, do you really think uh, that Christians are ready? And we were talking about this. I said, I think my response was, are you crazy? <laughs> it's like, no, absolutely not. I, I really don't. And, and that's my fear. And God has called me to be a watchman. Two closing thoughts. Um, occupy until Jesus comes. Um, hold the fort. You, you love others. You proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You be about, we be about our Father's business. There's a whole world that still needs to know Jesus, and we don't know when he's coming, and I want to be taking as many people with me to heaven as I possibly can, because it's not going to be pleasant during the tribulation period. And also, we are to keep watch. Jesus tells us to keep watch. Watch therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Amen? Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word. May you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.